Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Wasn't that wonderful? And when I say thank you, worship team, I'm talking about everyone, the media, the sound, uh, the, the wonderful people that serve. Thank you, Blake, serve to make not to make it happen, but to bring us into God's presence. That's their hearts. And uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Hey, my name's Brad. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's great to see you this morning on this cold, wintry morning. It's getting harder to get up in the morning, don't you think? (laughs) Was it just me? Freezing. (laughs) Hey, today, uh, I can't wait for the kids' takeover next week, by the way. I'm I'm really excited about that. one of our focuses here at Kalamunda is uh, to, on, our, on our next generation, you know, that they're not the generation of tomorrow, that's today, amen, and we need to see them equipped and, and uh, powerful in the things of God, and so, so I'm really excited about that, and today, so I'm just going to wrap up today, we've been in this series about belonging, um, and it's our prayer that, that this isn't just a series of words, but it's a series of, of culture shifting where it needs to shift, you know, that's, you know, God uh, created the world in, in the beginning. He said, let there be light, and there was light. He used his words to create environments. And so often, I don't believe I'm just speaking rambling words up here, but I'm praying that God's words in this place would create the environments uh, that that God wants us to be in, the kingdom environment. And one of the kingdom environments is that everyone is welcome, that uh, everyone is welcome. doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done. God loves you. And we want to be the church that, that, that embodies that. And so belonging. And who enjoyed the international lunch last week? Man, whew. That was great. So uh, looking forward to next month doing something a bit similar maybe. Uh, just great to get together. The food was fantastic, but more than that, it's about the connection and the fellowship together because that's what being a community is, you know, um, being a community that belongs together. So I want to finish off with, uh, I think I said a few weeks ago in a sermon, I said there's going to be a sermon coming on that scripture about iron sharpening iron and things like that. And I want to speak on that this morning, uh, this, this subject about having a sharp spiritual edge in your, in your life. Uh, being a, a sheep shearer, uh, I, I know what, how important it is to have a sharp, cutting, cutting edge. Uh, in a moment, I'm going to show you a short video. Because uh, one thing about having a sharp, cutting edge to shear sheep is that you have to spend time uh, grinding your gear. And when you grind your gear, uh, it, it's got to be sharp. You want, don't want any dull edges, any dull patches, because why? It, it affects everything in your for want of a better word, performance in what you're called to do, in what you're going to do. See, we're called to be, some people say, you know, what do you do back when I was a full-time shearer? Never say the word shearer, because that just sounds bogan. So you say things like, I'm a harvesting wool technician. (laughs) Stuff like that. And they think, yeah, oh, wow, that sounds really interesting. Did you go to uni for that? No. Anyway, you've got to really, you've got to get your cutting edge right. So this is what happened. This is me yesterday and uh, on the screen. Have a bit of a look. Look at that. See the technique there? Just getting that grind right, making sure the, uh, that's it. Look at that. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Just want to say it again. Anybody want to watch it again? Not really. <laughs> you just have it in the background floating. Uh, it's really important because if, uh, if, if it's not sharp, see, no one sees that, but it's, it, it's, an import, it's more important than what actually happens because when you go out to harvest the wool, and who knows that the harvest is plentiful, 
Jesus said that, but so it is, as it is in the shearing world at the moment, this time of year, get, getting ready for the shearing season, there's sheep everywhere and the harvest is plentiful and, and contractors are praying to raise up shearers for the harvest because they can't get enough and so they're snowed under. And Jesus says, that's what it's like in the kingdom. The harvest is plentiful. And he wants pray for workers to come up, people that are spiritually sharp, because when you're cutting through that wool, if it's not sharp, you, you're, everything is affected. You have to work a whole lot harder when it's not sharp but when you are sharp spiritually you there's an ease about your life that you're walking in the things of God and that you're about his kingdom harvest and suddenly you're at the right place at the right time saying the right thing because that's where God wants you Uh, as iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another you know this happens in belonging in community Uh, this church I my prayer is that this is the kind of church the kind of ministries in our, our youth, our young adults, the kids, uh, uh, things that are yet to be created, the kind of church that you discover what it means to become sharper in your spiritual life. And you need each other. Notice when I'm, when I'm that gear there, you can see how what's happened. That's the cutter. That's called a little cutter. And that goes on a comb and they go together. And anyway, uh, I'm looking at that after everyone to see the dull patches. And if I see a dull patch, I'm like, you know what? This needs more grinding this needs to be back to the back to that uh, that, the grinding uh, uh, wheel and so it is in our lives sometimes we need to allow God to put his finger on dull patches so you know what this is an area that's a bit you've gone dull and I want you to be sharper and guess what it happens in the context of community you cannot do it on your own it takes iron sharpening iron it happens with others and and what often happens what always happens I should say is that metal comes off Whenever there's iron sharpening iron, something happens, the rubbing up against each other, things come off. Uh, You get a bit lighter, possibly. And and some people don't like that because there's friction. And in community, friction is not always uh, bad. It can be good because maybe there's some stuff that needs to come off. Maybe I need someone I need to be accountable with to talk about stuff that needs to come off and change in my life. Because if you've gone through a sharpening process, you should not look the same. It should start to look transformed and look different uh the next so i'm talking in the next slide i think that verse i've got to love this verse maintaining your spiritual age. if an axe is dull this is from ecclesiastes look at the wisdom in this if an axe is dull and its edge unsharpened more strength is needed but skill will bring success that's a powerful powerful verse i want to read a scripture um, and as I do, Blaze or Sky, can you pass me my, my object lesson? Thank you. Okay. We're going to read, if you've got your Bibles there, we're going to go to 2 Kings chapter 6. And we're going to just read seven verses this morning. And we're going to look at what it means to be spiritually sharp in your life. And I believe God is going to speak to us in a way into your life, something specific for you. So uh, 2 Kings chapter 6, if you've got your devices there, you're taking notes, always good to do that. You can even do that on your phone, and I won't think you're on Facebook. You ready? It says this, And the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See now, the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan, and let every man take a beam from there, and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered, Go. Just to give you context, this is talking about the sons of the prophets. And these sons of the prophets under Elijah, uh, he would have these almost like a Bible school training 
school where these uh, almost apprentices, these people would come and learn in the things of God, learn in the ways of the prophet. And so they'd be training. And this successor, uh, his successor, Elisha, had the same thing. So this is a, a Bible college that's expanding and they haven't got room enough to contain the things that God is doing. They need a building program, literally. And they're like, you know, we, we, this is not, we're too small here. Uh, isn't that a cool thing that God's into building programs, building people programs and and if it means a, a bigger facility for to, to house the things God is doing then praise God and we see this here that they're, so they're like we're going to go and we're going to cut down some timber so he said go verse three then one said please consent to go with your servants we want you to come with us and he answered I will go so he went with them and when they came to the Jordan they cut down trees but as one was cutting down a tree here he's going this guy this is the guy we're focusing on today the iron axe head fell into the water. So he's cutting away, and this is what he's left with, just his axe handle. This guy knew what it was to lose his cutting edge, literally. And he's lost, and it's gone into the water. And he says, alas, master, for it was borrowed. <laughs> There's something in that, that's cool. Verse 6, so the man of God said, where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick and threw it in there, and he made the iron float. Therefore he said, pick it, out, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and took it. You know, when you first read this, this is quite a unique and almost strange miracle about an axe head floating, about a prophet causing something that, of iron that was sinking to float. A strange miracle. But there is some powerful stuff in this for us this morning that I want us to see. Um, this morning. But at, at the end of the day, what it's all about is about a man who lost his cutting edge, who lost uh, his cutting edge. And, you know, what I want to say is that at times we are all vulnerable to losing our spiritual edge. Uh, that, 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 that effectiveness. You say, well, what does that look like, Brad? What, what does it mean to be dull? Well, well Hebrews 5.11 says this, uh, speaking, wanting to talk about the gospel and Jesus. He said, of whom we have much to say, and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. One of the main indicators that we lose our spiritual edge is when we become dull of hearing God's voice. Things in our life are dull. The Word of God is dry and boring to us. We've become dull. We don't, well, it's, not, it's not sharp. It's not into our hearts and lives. We, we don't have that sensitivity, I should say, to God's voice. One of the ways we become dull is when we feel like we're not being used and are useful in the hands of God. We feel we're losing our effectiveness. We lose our sensitivity for that first love for Jesus, uh, that, that it is all about Him and, and other things have crept in and become first place in our life and we become dull because we're going after not seeking first the kingdom of God, but we're seeking first the kingdom of Brad and all the things that come with that and we, and, and we get dull. Uh, we can become dull when worship just becomes a chore and I know our whole life is worship, but I'm talking about when getting with the people of God should do something in our spirits. Singing and praising God together is not just Christian karaoke. It's actually spiritual stuff. It's plowing the hearts, our hearts to receive God's word. It's, it's a powerful thing. Uh, uh, and when that becomes just a duty and something we're not engaged or bored in, or with meeting with other believers is more something you avoid than want to do, you're spiritually dull. <laughs> you know, we should want to gather together. The Bible says, don't forsake the gathering to, of yourselves together. Don't forsake it because you need to be assembled. When you get together, some, something can come out of you that other people, you can't get out of yourself. 
We need one another. We need small groups of people around us that encourage us, that, that are with us, and, and we can lose our spiritual edge. We lose our spiritual edge when sin's distractions. Uh, basically, we take sin as a casual thing. It's not a big deal, sin, a bit like David in 2 Samuel. You know, David was king, and the Bible says in 2 Samuel 11, at a time when kings go off to war, David will stay at home. He was meant to be effective. He was meant to be off to war. That was what he's meant to be doing. But he got distracted and he stayed home. And next minute he's up looking around and there's Bathsheba bathing. And the next minute he's really distracted. A whole distraction that turned into uh, adultery, that turned into conspiracy and murder, that turned into a, a son born and a son died. A baby died, I say. A whole thing. Why? Because sin is to be taken seriously. It's not just a casual thing. And when it creeps into our life, the Bible says in Genesis, it says... Uh, you know, I've forgotten what it says, but it was coming to me right then. <laughs> Sin is at your door, and it desires to have you, but you must master it. And we're not to master over sin. We've got the victory, but when we take it casually, we lose that, that edge. When If a preacher gets up and preaches about sin, and we get our heckles up, and we're probably going spiritually dull. What's he talking about? This is not a church where we talk about sin. <laughs> and we don't. We talk about victory over sin. Amen. And that's where we come from. We don't fight for victory, we fight from victory. But I want to know, are you spiritually sharp this morning? Do you, do you sense that sharp edge? I heard the story about two lumberjacks and one old one, a veteran lumberjack and, and, a, and a young one. And this, this old lumberjack held the record for the most trees cut in a day. He held it all his life. No one could ever beat him. And uh, the, the, the younger lumberjack wanted to challenge him. So he said to him one day, he says, I reckon I can beat you. I want to challenge you. Let's do it. And he says, all right, the competition is on. Next day, they get up and they said, righty oats, clock starts now, boom, off you go, start cutting down trees. The young guy gets out there and he's just smashed straight away into, into the trees and he looks around and he's really surprised to see the old lumberjack just sitting down and he's got his cup of tea there and he's like, oh, got him already. Anyway, he goes to about lunchtime and the young guy is just going for it, he's about 30 trees ahead and this old guy again, he looks around and about, uh, he's not going to stop for lunch, he's sitting down again, he can't believe he keeps sitting down. Every now and then he sees him sitting down. Gets to the end of the day and the young guy could not believe his eyes when he realized that the old man in the afternoon had overtaken him and beaten him by a significant amount of trees. And he went up to the old man and he says, I just can't believe it. He said, every time I looked at you, you were just sitting down. How did you beat me? What is your secret? And he says, oh, every time I was sitting down, I was sharpening my edge. And that is the key. That you've got to ask yourself, am I, am I spiritually sharp? What am I doing? Because just like last week we spoke on unity in a community, it doesn't happen by accident. Staying spiritually sharp does not happen by accident. And we can all lose our edge. I've lost my edge from time to time. And in the, in the context of this scripture, I want you to know that this was a young man that was committed to ministry. This was a young man that was going about the Christian ministry. He was in the school of the prophets. He had a heart for God. And even when you're doing the things of God and serving God and in ministry teams, you can still lose your edge. He was in the right place, but he just lost his edge and that can happen to us that can happen uh, to us also notice that when this man lost his edge that uh, iron was a precious thing in that day this wasn't just anything he couldn't go to Bunnings and just grab another one it's all good this was precious and notice it, it was it was borrowed this guy was like a uni student borrowing everything so what you got you can't he couldn't afford his own axe he couldn't afford to have his own, so he borrowed it. So when it went off, 
He was freaking out because he's like, you know what? I might have to quit ministry and go to work to pay back the debt of this borrowed axe. This whole losing my edge could take me out of ministry. And it's so important that you know that we are all in full-time Christian ministry. If you're here today and you follow Jesus, you are in full-time Christian ministry. And God wants you sharp for the harvest, sharp for the things he has in front of you, sharp in, in where he's called you. It's not just in church. It's not about being sharp on a Sunday. Well, I look good and I can say a few good words and I can say hello and shake a few hands. It's to where God's called you into your business, into your workplace, into your family, as a mum being spiritually sharp, as a dad being sharp for Jesus. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's about our whole life. And being in, in the context of community, like he was, can, are you going to see, can help you. Maybe we hear this morning, you're like, yeah, I've lost my cutting edge. So how do I regain? How do I get it back? I'm glad you asked. I've just got a few points this morning. Number one is that the way, and it, by the way, if you're going great guns and you're like, you know, I've, I'm, I'm going all right, Brad. I haven't lost my edge. Then this sermon may be for another time because I tell you what, it happens to everybody. Everybody. Something comes in and... We need to get, know how to get our edge back. And number one, here's the key point to never forget, is don't condemn yourself, but do take responsibility and admit, I've lost my edge. Notice in our text this morning, this guy wanted to do the will of God. And even on that journey, he lost it. But notice that he had to take responsibility. And he cried out, alas, master. I've lost the edge. He, he, could, he could have blamed the guy that he borrowed the axe from and said, you know, maybe that guy just didn't, didn't prepare it properly. Maybe he, he gave it to me loose. But the moment it was given to him, it became his responsibility, the edge. The moment God has given you his son, given you his Holy Spirit, given you his calling, it becomes your responsibility not to get saved again, but to stay sharp. It's your responsibility, not the pastors, not the kids' church leaders, not the youth. It's your responsibility for your kids, for you, for your family. That's why Joshua said, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. He didn't say, as for my house, I'll ask them to do something that I won't do. He said, it starts with me. The greatest revivals don't start out there. They start in here. They start in my heart. They start in your heart. And he had to take responsibility and go, you know what? I, I admit it, I've lost my edge. Maybe I sh should have checked it a bit better. Maybe I should have looked after it a bit better. But no, the first step is simply to not, don't condemn yourself, but don't play the blame game. Maybe you blame what happened. Maybe you've neglected to stay sharp because you won't take responsibility and we cannot blame others. Well, my church just doesn't feed me. <laughs> well, well, I'm just not getting what I need. Don't blame others. You have everything you need in Jesus to stay spiritually sharp for God. So the first thing, take responsibility. It's okay to lose your edge. It's not something to be condemned. It's not something to think, wow, I'm just having a, a rough time. It's okay. To, it's okay not to be okay. And we, wanna, we really want to preach that here, that it's okay to go through the struggles of life. We all go through them. But God wants you to know how to get your edge back. Number one. Number two is to don't just keep, don't keep going through the motions. Notice this man, as soon as it was lost, imagine if he had just said, okay, and he just, no one will notice if I just keep chopping. And he's just looking around and he's like, Phew, no one's seen me yet. No one's really noticing. I'm still in the ministry. I'm still doing what I'm called to do. I'm still worship leading. I'm still doing this course. I'm, still, yeah, I'm just going through the motions. But guess what? 
it soon becomes pretty clear you're not being effective. <laughs> but God knows your heart and he knows what's going on. This guy didn't just keep going. He stopped and he said, alas, master, I've lost it. And you need to sometimes stop and actually stop. What does it mean for you? It could be to go to that place. I love what Tom talked about, going to a place, going back to the cross and stopping and saying, Lord, I've lost my hunger for you. I've lost my heart for the lost. I've lost the passion I once had. I've lost that first love. It's what it says in Revelations. It's that thing that he had against that church, he said. Revelations 3, 16, 17. He says, I have this against you. You've lost your first love. You've got all this stuff going on, but are you really in love with Jesus? Is he the highlight of your life? Don't keep trying to go through the motions, but stop and say, you know what? Go And then go to the right person. The next point in that verse there is go to the right person. Notice he said to the master, and he went to the master, and the master didn't condemn him. The master was ready to go with him. And I've got good news for you this morning. We have a master, uh, not a prophet that we need to go through, but we can go straight to Jesus himself. And, and in one prayer, you are there in saying, Jesus, I need your help. There's only one person to look to. You know, a lot of times we look to man. We like, if I can just get someone else to pray for me, if I can just get another, another thing, we look to what man can do to get our edge back. If I read another book, if I do another course, if I repent enough times, all things that are important, but you really, there's only one person to go to who restores our spiritual edge, and it's Jesus. And in the context of belonging in a community, that's where we should be pointing each other. That's where we should be spurring one another on to love and good works and encouraging one another to go to Jesus. I don't have the answers all the time, amen, and either do you all the time, but we know the one who does. And he goes to his master, and then he asks a very important question, and the master says to him, and he says this to you this morning, if you've lost your cutting edge, if you've lost that spiritual edge, he says, where did it fall? He said, I want to know the place. I want to know where you lost it. I said to Sky, leading up to this sermon, I said, can you think of a good illustration of a time that I've lost something? And she said, are you serious? You lose everything. <laughs> I thought, yeah. Can you think of any funny ones that I could use? And there was nothing. Because I do. I lose everything. The keys, the, the, everything. The kids. I once guest spoke at a church. I once guest spoke at a church when one of my kids was very little. I put him in the kids' crash. I went and I preached. Preached up a storm, I thought. Was so pumping in God. Got in the car and drove off. <laughs> I forgot my own kid. Like, we lose stuff. It just happens. I went back and got them. But Sky will say to me, and especially my mum used to say to me, when you lose something, retrace your steps. Go back and retrace your steps. And this, this prophet said, I want to know where it is because we cannot heal what you cannot locate. We cannot recover what you will not take us to. We cannot go there. So go to the place. So he's taken him to the place. This is where it happened. And I want to tell you, sometimes we need to go to the place where we lost our cutting edge, where we lost that spiritual sharpness, that passion. And it could be painful to go to that place where that thing happened. It could have been when people left the church and, and, and affected me so much. I lost 
something lost there. It could be when somebody walked out on me. It could be when that abuse happened. It could be when I got hooked on that thing and it's just been a crippling addiction. Going to that place where you know that's where it happened. That's where I lost my edge. And he says, take me there. And as he takes you there, this is the place. And you know, it's an important thing. As much as it's painful, here's the good news of the gospel. You never go to that place on your own. The master will go with you. Jesus will go with you. And as you take him to that place, you say, this is the place you own it. And say, this is where it happened. And the good news is, in the story, when he took him and he showed him, this is the place I lost that he didn't want to leave him there. He wanted to do something. And the Bible says, Elisha cut a stick. And if Abby wants to come back up in the worship team, I'm closing out on this point. And Elisha cut a stick and threw it there and made the iron float. This stick... In the Old Testament, we see the symbolism and and what a stick represents. He throws this stick, you've got to catch this, and he throws it on the waters to the place because the stick, which represents the foreshadowing, the typology of the cross of Jesus Christ, where Jesus would take every pain and every sin and everything and every place that them sinful things happened, he would take it on himself. As, as, the, as the stick hit the waters, straight away, the axe head started to surface up and didn't matter how, I want to tell you, it doesn't matter how far gone you feel, it doesn't matter how deep down in the water you've sunk, it doesn't matter how life has thrown at you, when you throw the cross to the place where you need help and healing, and you come to Jesus, it starts to surface. And it started to come up and a miracle happened. It started to float. And he could start to see, hey, I think I can get it back. Because of the cross, I can get back what I lost. You know, in the Old Testament with Moses, he did this. When the children of Israel had come and the waters that they were going to drink were bitter. Remember, they're bitter waters. So Moses cut a stick And he got a stick and he threw it into the waters and the bitter waters became sweet. That's what the miracle of Jesus can do in our lives. That's what being in a community and saying, you know, I need the cross, I need help can do is things start to surface and and, and it come up and and it started to come up. But that's what what that bitter thing that happened, only God can make it sweet again. Amen. Only he can bring the healing you need. Only he can bring to surface your spiritual edge. God makes the iron float. God makes what you lost come to surface. And then notice in the the last verse, verse 7, lift it out, he said. Then the man reached his hand and took it. The last part of this scripture about him getting his edge back is he needed to buy faith or us by faith. He needed to physically reach out and grab it. He needed to take it. He needed to own it. I've lost it. It's obvious. <laughs> I'm not going to go through the motions. I believe that Jesus can bring it back to me because it's there. It's just some stuff's got in the way, hindering that sharp effectiveness. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe for you this morning, you want to say, you know what? lost that spiritual edge that I once had and I've been looking to the wrong places but I realize now if I actually think and some of you can retrace your steps you can go back to go you know what ever since that hasn't been the same and maybe you've never taken it to Jesus you've never shown him and said this is the place this is where it happened and today could be the day that you say Jesus I'm showing you the place And I want to tell you, he doesn't come with condemnation. He comes with victory to bring to surface so he can heal you. And then you just reach out and take it.
You know, God wants us 100% to be kind, the kind of church that is, that is sharp. And part of being that kind of community is understanding that we need each other because we're not all going to be sharp all the time. Amen? You need each other. We need people. We need someone that we can talk to and say, can you pray for me? Can you help? I'm, I'm going to Jesus with this. For you, it could be, and I sense it in my heart this morning, that it could be so private and personal for you. It's something that you, you and Jesus... Jesus just wants you to know you can trust me. You can bring it to me. I'm a good God and I love you. And so I'm going to close now in a word of prayer, but I want to pray for you. I want to pray for us all, but I also want to pray for people that maybe that's you this morning. Would you stand with me as I pray for us corporately? Would you, As you stand, would you, if you're comfortable, just to close your eyes and just before the Lord. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't follow Jesus. You don't know Jesus this there's just been a weird talk about an axe handle. <laughs> sort of, what's that all about? I want you to know that Jesus loves you so much and we're so glad you're here. And I want you to know that He wants to make Himself real to you. And only He can do it, no man can. I can introduce you to Jesus, but He is the one who makes Himself real to you. Father, as we're in an attitude of prayer, I'm just praying, Father, for all of us here this morning, for people that have, you know, there are things, Father, that have just got in the way and we've lost that edge, that sharpness, to hear your voice like we once did, to serve you like we once did, to, to be that, that passion, that love, that first love. And if that's you this morning, right now, you don't need to come forward at this time or anything like that, but I just want you to receive by faith what I'm praying. So, Father, right now, I just take you to the place. I take you to that place, Father, where I know something was lost, Lord. Uh, that place that is painful, but I thank you that you're coming with me right now, Jesus. And I just show you and I say, Father, would you please heal this area of my life? I bring it to you and I admit, Lord, I want to take responsibility for my spiritual walk. I just want to ask forgiveness for blaming others this morning. I repent and say, I'm sorry for playing the blame game. And I take responsibility this morning, Father. Lord, I want to thank you for the cross. I want to thank you that you've died for all my sins. I want to thank you that I am forgiven. And Lord, as you touch this place in my life right now, I'm just asking, Lord, for total healing, for, for healing in such a way that my sharpness will come back, that I'll hear your voice afresh again, that my passion for you will be back. Lord, my first love for you will become back. I'll repent of anything and everything that's got in the way. And I say, Father, have your way. So I just pray that prayer, Lord, over our church and over every person, specifically people that are receiving that right now. Holy Spirit, thank you for what you're bringing to surface. And Father, we thank you for miracle working power. Lord, we thank you that the harvest is plentiful. We thank you for a sharp church that can be effective for you. We give you all the glory this morning, give you all the praise. And if you agree with me, say Amen. I'm going to hand back to the worship team.